here we go. Savage Beast Podcast. I am Joe Gallagher, and with me down south in Tucson, Arizona, is Paul McLeod. Hey, everybody. It's Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, or Monday, whenever this podcast goes up. Um, and we are talking about Hot Tapes Part Dear. Yes. The best of 2016 so far. That's Russian for part two. It's a tribute to one of the greatest uh, comedic films in the American oeuvre, <laughs> Hot Shots Part Deux. That was a Swahili for a body of work. Yes. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was hipster Creole. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, we started uh, the episode... Uh, I should say last week, I made a joke about being able to talk about the Strokes' Is This It for two hours. Uh, and I didn't know that it was the 15th anniversary of the album's release in 2001, I think this week. Um, and I really could talk about it for an hour and a half, but we have a lot of fantastic new music to talk about. Um, so I will just say that... Uh, I was still young when it came out, I guess 19. Uh, You're still young, Joe. You're still young. Right. But still like, you know, young to like, I don't know, advertisers. Um, (laughs) uh, And um, me and a vast majority of my friends liked this song from people who were classic rock guitar snobs all the way to pop music fans uh it was one of the last albums i think that uh just a a lot of peers rock albums that a lot of my peers were just casually interested in even if they didn't love music um anyway to me is this it signals the ascendancy of indie rock uh over alternative rock um whether that's actually true or not, I don't know. But when I was listening to it in 2001, to me, I was like, whoa, this is different from, you know, the rock I grew up with in the 90s. And it is clearly now the most popular form of rock. Like we are we are going back to this sort of garage rock indie state. Yeah. Uh, and that um, and it's really good. And Julian Casablancas remains probably one of my top three rock singers of all times uh really he just does not give a fuck that is he, true and he just r- lets it rip and I, I like that yeah so narratively i think you're right i mean alt rock was was just dead by that point right we were well into the new metal phase but yeah i remember when this album started to make noise and i think my previously mentioned college roommate mark 
uh, played this album. And uh, I had the same thought, like, oh, we're going back to this pre-grunge uh, garage rock thing. And I did not like it. Um, uh-huh. I was actually... <laughs> um, I don't know. There wasn't enough angst for me uh, at the tender age of 19 or whatever that I was when this came out to, um, to work for me. I was sort of like, you know, I didn't hate it, but I I did not feel like, oh, I'm on board with this new thing. I wanted to go back to uh, Titanic, uh, you know, second wave grunge, Bush style guitar riffs, um, loud, quiet, loud stuff, um, or quiet, loud, quiet, sorry. Um but yeah, so then the funny thing is, I actually, you know, I've I, I've, I've come around over the years, and uh, I actually saw them uh, later in college down in Dallas, and uh, Julian Casablancas was the second most inebriated lead singer I've ever seen live. Um, top honors go to uh, uh, Colin, what's his face from "And You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead," who okay. was just so drunk when I okay. saw him. <laughs> Yep, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> I, I've really never seen anybody perform more drunkenly than that. It was amazing. Uh, yes, I think Ween. I think when I saw Ween perform, they were at the top uh. of my list. They were just they they were passing back and forth a bottle of Jack, a handle, and I think they finished it on stage. I mean, well they done. Were, they were wasted. Um, yeah. So anyway, I actually bought this album like just a couple months ago for like four bucks from the used CD store. Huh. Wow. Uh, so many yeah. amazing things about that. <laughs> I know. Um, and the funny thing is, um, it's it's in that weird space where it's a classic album that everybody listened to. And like I said, I even saw The Strokes around the time it came out. And um, so I feel like I know the album, even though I'm pretty sure I have never actually sat down and listened to the whole album. Um, I've heard a bunch of the songs a million times. Right. And so I still haven't listened to it, even though I bought it. It's uh, it's in my Google Play Music, and that's what I just played it from. But uh, yeah, so uh, I keep meaning to, and now I uh, I have no excuse. Yeah, I'm, en- I'm envious. That's to be able to like dive into it uh, for the first time. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I-, I mean, I probably heard it through my roommate's speakers in right. college, but that yeah. doesn't count. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just have so many like specific memories of this, whether it was like my sophomore roommate, Eric, who you, of course, know, like learning the guitar solo and playing it really loud in our room <laughs> to like driving around Orlando, listening to it with our uh, friend, Nicole, like they couldn't have more different taste in music and just different places. But I just this album, there's a lot of uh, it, it somehow. Um, it became an important album, uh, and uh, maybe that's just the timing. You know, first couple of years of college, big rock album. That's just what happens. I think. I think it really did represent a sea change. At least, um, yeah. I mean, it was. It was the first thing to come along and really set people's hair on fire a little bit. Right. In both indie and mainstream circles, since alt rock had just totally festered. And, you know, we there is this thing where, oh, they're heralding the arrival of this garage rock. But yeah. they kind of turned out to be the best at that. And I think... Well, the White Stripes have at least as much of a claim, I think. Oh, that's interesting. I'm not sure I would even put the... Uh, I, I don't think I would even consider them... Hmm. This, this might be a different question, whether I would consider the Strokes and the White Stripes to be direct competitors. But you're right. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess, yeah. 
Okay. They were exact contemporaries almost. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I can't and argue. They, I can't argue with you. And they were both sort of doing a, a slightly modernized update of, you know, uh, earlier, rawer guitar rock styles. Um, sort of different styles, obviously. But, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're definitely connected in my mind. Anyway, okay. this is a lot of talk about it is. <laughs> the Strokes on a day when we are here to celebrate the music that was released in April, May, and June of 2016. Yes, um, and one album from March that I didn't—I realized I just didn't discover until the Dude, second the, quarter. There were two of them. There was another one that was in like February. You weren't even close on that one. But what? I didn't say I'm slow, you know. I don't. <laughs> I don't like. It, it's not easy for me to like. You know, I just I don't obsessively listen to them as soon as they come out. So, uh, um, I I just uh, I, I kind of come to them as they're brought to me. Um, unless you you listen to it immediately and then make me listen to it immediately. Yeah, which um, I've been doing less since we had this podcast. Figuring that would do right. communication, but maybe right. I'll try to hip you to the cool shit. Oh, is Wall uh, of Death? Is that one from February? Uh, that might have been the other one. Yeah. Yes, I think it is. Um, eh, whatever. I just <laughs> go enough. by. I just go by when they um, uh, uh, when I added the track t- <laughs> to my Spotify playlist for best of the year. So. Yeah. No, that's uh, fair enough. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So, Paul, we were going to both reveal our favorite album of the year so far. Should we do that at the beginning or the end? Um, I th- maybe. Well, it's, maybe it's hard. I, I was thinking about this too. Maybe, I say. What were you gonna say? Oh no. Well, if you have a thought, my thought is maybe the thought. beginning because if 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 we're gonna end then up all the people t- will miss our ads at the end. <laughs> because if we're gonna talk about the album anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might want to talk about it in that context. Are we just going to surprise each other at the end with our pick? I I th- actually think we're there are only two candidates, and there's a good chance we've got the same one. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I think so too. <laughs> um, by the way, breaking news: my friend Alex Parisi. Did you ever meet Alex? Was he at your wedding? No, I didn't know him then. No. Uh, he's a he was a coworker of mine for like the last five seven years. Until no, just I, then I, I I don't think so. No, you may know him from my stories of getting thrown out of my company party. Ah, uh, yes, that yes. He was the he was the one who threw the bottle uh, that got us kicked out. Right. Anyway, he just texted me just now. Okay. I've been listening to Savage Beast. I like it. It's like I get to talk with you weekly without saying anything. This is really touching from an ex colleague. Um. I think it's time to bring emo to the table, he says. Wow. We've got a little emo in this cast. Yeah. I think. No, he'll 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 come to us with like the the considered opinions on emo and also like hardcore. Um I I'm, I'm excited. I would love to talk about emo because like I have had a I had a very warped perception of what emo was for a while. Um I I, I just was, thought it was just dashboard confessional. Right. And I was like I I had I just was like is it just like promise ring and is everything else like bastardized even I don't know it, it it's yeah. a um it's an interesting label yeah um, his 
Alex's brother was, uh, I don't know if he still is, he was in an interesting Brooklyn punk band called uh, Wicked Womb, if you ever feel like uh, looking that up. That's cool. Have done much, but that's a sweet band name. Oh my! Oh my! Like emo debate I was in is whether Jimmy Eat World is emo, and I was like, no way. And I looked it up, and like literally everyone was like, this is they're like a leading emo rock band, and I was like, I yeah. just don't know what emo is. I guess they're like they're like Weezer with the emo turned up like fifty percent. Yeah, that's a perfect way of describing them, and I'm pretty sure I've seen them play with Weezer. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, we got off on another tangent. Thanks to your <laughs> friend Alex. Yeah, but yes, um, we will have him on to if, tell you all about emo. If you tell text, me about emo, I, if you I don't know anything about it, if you happen to text us while we're recording Savage Beast, you are guaranteed a guest spot. Yeah, <laughs> if exactly. You, if you guess <laughs> right, guess the phone number and the time. Yes. <laughs> um. All right. So, Joe. Um. Let's. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just talk about albums, and then we'll say which one we liked best. All right, maybe. great. Um, um, let's what do, do s- you pick one of yours, Joe. Just let's tell do us. some hip hop first. Uh, uh, oh, let's... <laughs> that was the whitest moment this hip hop <laughs> podcast has ever had. <laughs> let's go with a track from uh, Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book. Excellent. Which one would you like, Joe? Since this was your choice. Yes. Good point. Um, let me. I. This is the one, one, the one I did not pick a track from. Uh, let's listen to No Problem. All right. You don't want zero problems, big fella. Yep. If one more label try to stop me, it's gonna be some dreadhead niggas in your lobby. Chance the rapper, <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to Chance the rocker. Yes, um, with his track uh, "No Problem." Chance the conductor is really my favorite of the chances. I like that. Uh, his track "No Problem" uh, from his album "Coloring Book," which he released absolutely for free, much to Paul's chagrin. Um, <laughs> later on that track, uh, there are excellent verses from both Lil Wayne and Two Chains, um, and I think. This album is kind of like the avalanches of hip hop to me. There's just a lot of really pleasantly put together sounds uh, that make it an instant uh, party mix that will have heads bopping uh, from couch to kitchen. Uh, It's um, uplifting and in some ways I think fulfills my... um, not very often satisfied desire for a hip hop album that really emphasizes musicality and melody over all else. Mm. Yeah. So 
here here's what I gotta say, Joe. Okay. I'm just not that into this album. I'm like the only person in the world I realize. There you go. Yeah. I uh I see what you're saying. I don't hate it or anything. Um I think there are two possibilities that are what's going on with me and Chance the Rapper. Yes. He's a great rapper, obviously. Right. I have no beef with his um with his vocals or his lyrics or anything. I uh I don't know. I uh, first of all just gospel music sounds, which are absolutely his thing, don't do a ton for me. I don't know if that's just a matter of sheer random personal taste, and if so, that's just me. Another is um I don't know, I think it might have to do with my uh Christian background that we've discussed on this podcast. Right. Um in that um his so I meant to do this and I forgot to do it before we got on here. Um, this is <laughs> this is the thing that probably literally nobody else cares about when they listen to this. And not literally nobody, but almost nobody. Right. Um, but um, the the quality of the theology, I'm just not crazy about. So I'm an atheist now. <laughs> so I shouldn't even have a complaint here. And I also meant to go back and like read the lyrics and really get a feel for his um, his thoughts on this because I think it's really what's bugging me the most. And uh, I don't know, just something about like like the song that's just like the praises go up and the blessings come down. That is like that's so antithetical to the version of Christianity that I remember and. Um, not so antithetical, but it's it's very different from the version of Christianity I remember in respect, where there's more of a challenge from the deity coming towards you than sort of a, a cosmic rigged in your favor slot machine. That um, I think it bugs me. Now, I don't think that these are worthy objections, really, but that's why I can't get into it. Well, that seems like that seems like something that would bother you uh, more because you don't like the music that much in general so then you are noticing other flaws that that's annoy true you. if the music were killing me were just killing me in a good way then um i'm sure i would could overlook yeah theological qualms because you're right i'm sure there's plenty of other music i love that has ideology i'm not crazy about right well i mean and you know uh that um my my two responses to that are you know maybe uh chance having grown up in what i assume is one of the popular (laughs) african-american christian churches might have a very different theology oh totally and i've you know i've been to like gospel singer concerts from uh large black men and uh you know with my family when i was young yeah and uh we even went to uh uh an african-american church here in tucson for uh easter about 10 years ago uh, when my parents couldn't find a church they really liked, Richard brought our friend Phil along. That was really fun. Um, <laughs> we were definitely the only white people there at Easter, um, and uh, so you know I've, ex- I've I've seen it firsthand, and um, it's uh, uh, it's definitely it definitely does fit in with that tradition. I'll say this album does. So um, anyway, but I would also I, I'm, I'm sure I'm a curmudgeon. I would make the wider say. point that it's weird to pick out <laughs> any particular you know line or verse from a uh, hip-hop song and demand like absolute 
sense and reason from it since that's usually not what they're going for um at all i meant that line is emblematic of a lot of the sort of christianity that comes into this album right i guess i guess it seems like um sort of uh uh i don't know maybe part of it is bothering me in that i it feels a little bit like sort of like oh i'm the positive rapper signifiers yes um a little inauthentic yeah, maybe that's what's getting yeah. me, and I don't even know Chance, so I don't want to impugn the man's character. True. Well, his um, I would say the good thing for his character is that he has the way he fought to make the album uh, absolutely free and get all these good uh, yeah. guest spots on it, uh, which I think was the big problem that a lot of these uh, people like Lil Wayne and uh, you know yeah. <laughs> Lil Yachty. That's an expensive. 20 seconds of, of right, rapping right and to get them to do it for free is difficult um i didn't realize he didn't even pay the the guests That's yeah well i don't know if he didn't pay them or whatever but i think that they have like deals with their labels oh, that makes it difficult yeah. for them to write so those labels get royalties i think if they perform a guest track on another you know i i i this i have only read like one article about this i'm not an expert <laughs> but that's that is part of the issue um yeah uh, but to, anyway to conclude uh as it was on my list i will say that this is a great album um i actually i might agree with you in in that i i don't think it has a ton of depth to it i mean it's not necessarily moving me even the way that you know the other uh hip-hop album on my list you know, joey perps um i think has a lot more um has a as the storytelling on it is much more emotional um uh-huh. but i do think that um there's something really new and interesting in the production here and the sounds um and if you're like me and emma are like probably kind of a total sucker sappy sucker for gospel music in songs like even though i know it's like kind of a cheesy thing to go to like if it's well used um i don't know i still like the polyphonic spree uh maybe chance the rapper is the polyphonic spree of (laughs) hip-hop i will say there is this is uh we mentioned this before with like the kanye album there's some sort of like extra crystalline quality to the production of really top of the line big budget rap albums now that is is nice to listen to no matter what and this album definitely has that totally um it's i don't even know what it is it's just like some sort of extra syrup on top of everything else going on well they might not all be using the you know 808s for like literally every single track you know i mean (laughs) it might be the sound of particular synths that we synths that we were um the 808 is a drum machine, Joe. But I still. know, right. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, no, there's, yeah, there's something they have going on. All right. Um, What's next? I was thinking maybe I would pull out my pick of White Lung with Paradise. Okay, let's do it.
that was, as promised, Hungry by White Lung. Which, um, uh, they just seem like a band that I would want to hang out with. Um, <laughs> there's no person cooler than, like, an attractive female rock star, and um, White Lung has one of them. And uh, not only that, but the music just kills. And I can't even figure out... Uh, we had this discussion on a previous podcast, so I won't rehash it, but um, it's hard for me to even figure out what genre of rock that is. It's like uh, punk hair metal or something, and uh, I don't know. I just really dig the um, the combination of energy, and uh, her vocals are awesome, and um, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about White Lung, Joe? Well, I... Um uh, it's punk hair metal is a great description of it. Uh, I said there is an eighties vibe, uh, For sure. some evil shredding, uh-huh. uh, at least the words that come to mind to me, uh, whether either of those actually exist on the album, I don't know. Uh, but, um, I don't know what you call that eighties guitar sound that has this, yeah. um, it's, it's a certain kind of distortion that maybe is just very bright and metallic and computer yeah i think that's some reverb i think that's some reverb they put on top of it yeah um, but yeah very trebly stuff going on yeah so uh this album um overall uh my review of it would be that it's it's really well done um and i i certainly would recommend it um to me i heard uh i guess it's basically a yeah yeah yeah's album to me um mm. in maybe like sped up a bit or uh <laughs> you know if you're talking about like their later stuff that's as well produced as this um which it does actually kind of sound like yeah yeah's played at like 1.25 speed on your yeah they're definitely going for that early 2000s feel here i think um and uh you know it's part of me is I don't know if dis- disappointed isn't quite the word, but well, here's what it is. At this point, that's kind of like the third Xerox of the original, <laughs> um, and they they went from being uh, you know on the edge of this grunge revival to being more slickly produced and creating something that I feel like is creating created before now they did it extremely well. And if you like, you know, well-produced indie rock, especially with a great, you know, female vocalist leading the way, um, this is a great album to listen to, which is why I recommend it. Um, it's kind of like what I, I feel like it's almost like what I pick, you know, my pop punk, album of of the year which i do almost (laughs) every year you know it's really kind of this you know just like an excellent variation of the same thing um and uh that's that's what i see here i will say this is what worries me a little bit when we have these fucking awesome bands like diet sig who like their first six like really raw songs are just unbelievably good and then when they get like a little more resources in the studio, they might end up, you know, going the safe route and kind of making an album that's been made before. That's interesting. Um, 
I, you know, obviously there's something retro about this, but yeah. to me it does feel, it's just weird enough that that doesn't bother me at all. It's, uh, like I said, it's like hair metal sounds played more in punk spirit and speed, um, which I don't know. Uh, I hadn't thought of the Yaya's comparison at all, mostly because of that, uh, that difference in speed and, um, right. and sound a little bit. But um, uh, I will. We need to move through these, so I will respectfully disagree that it's too derivative for me. Yeah, uh, for me, they're just the songwriting is really good. So um, even if the concept isn't wholly original, I dig it hard. Yeah, I I, I dig it too. I was rocking out to it. Sweet. Uh, All right. Um, what's your next choice, Joe? My next choice will be. Um, let's go let's go with pup the dream is over speaking of pop punk exactly all right uh which track would you like um uh what's it called dvp with dvp uh one thing i will say it is definitely the video of the year uh mm, the, I did not watch that. the video is the lyrics from the song uh expertly plugged into uh famous early nintendo games um hmm. so uh that it's just you know when mario gets to see the princess she's just like spouting off the you know about how she's had three de- three beers and she's so fucked up and it's just it's very clever um and uh a lot of fun which i think this band is uh they're very clever uh in that well clever might be a little too much um <laughs> they're very fun and they're canadian so they have a canadian cleverness to them that, <laughs> that might be an insult i don't um, <laughs> there's a joke here somewhere but it's it's escaping me um go on and i think uh i you know i just like like i said i pick a pop punk album like every basically every year uh this one for the first half of the year beat out modern baseball's um album um i was a little surprised not to see them on here i can see why you chose this one yeah you know i think um i'm glad that people that they found a way to kind of you know turn up the volume turn up the intensity and do it in a way that's uh not not that dark um it's just silly and about you know 
um, the first song in this album is called If the Tour Doesn't Kill You, I Will. And it's just such melodrama, um, <laughs> such, uh, you know, angsty 20-something melodrama that I, I really enjoy it. Um, I don't know. I, there's not too much I can say about it because it's not a very deep album. I mean, if you don't like that clip I just played, you're probably not going to like the album. Um, and I think I went over it when we talked about uh, Jay uh, Riotard. As you say, Paul, um, <laughs> where, you know, there's there's so little room in this genre that like you have to be very uh, precise to do anything new. And I think they, you know, they they managed to have a slightly new sound and I like it. Yeah, I would agree with what you said. They do sort of beef up the pop punk guitars in a way that works for me. And um, they uh, they have some pretty killer riffs on this album and really good energy in the music. I just this guy is like just below the threshold of badness of singing that I can handle. Um, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> the he's just I, yelling. He's just yeah yelling. yeah. And the <laughs> the there's that it's a very pop punk trope. I mean, he sounds like a lot of pop punk singers, and I have never liked it. And it it just bugs me a little too much. But all the other elements of this are good enough that I I enjoyed it nonetheless. And um, it really is some quality uh, uh, fist pumping music if that's what you're into. And is it is it emo? Uh, you know that's actually a question I would like to ask Alex because I don't know the definition of emo much better than you do. Right, neither do I. Okay, <laughs> if you know, tweet us at Savage Beast Pod. Yes, is pup emo? The question of the age. Uh, we'll tweet I- it to them. See what they say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they'll... <laughs> if they're not emo, they'll come beat us up. If they are emo, they'll cry. Um, so, yeah. what's next? All right, let's do uh, Mr. Liff, Don't Look Down. Okay. Motherfuckers, strife, man. to have to come to this but man fuck where do I start should I provide a method for you what would you do you're up against your moment of truth you got a gun in your right hand you soak through your sweat bed the opposition says about to die you's a dead man you flashback how did this happen this action with guns clapping and holes and walls with souls dissolved unfortunately love sparked it when you met her you suspected she was toxic yet you had to knock it at least once then you got fully involved you saw the energy around her as a problem you could solve so you move in it's an illusion All right, that was Pounds of Pressure by Mr. Liff from his album Don't Look Down, which um, uh, I'm just a huge sucker for these. Uh, this is yet another retro genre that we're um, picking a uh, picking in a new entrant from, but I just love those East Coast, New York, uh, boom bap uh, production sounds pretty much more than any other rap production. So... Um, uh, that combined with uh, a pretty interesting and thoughtful rapper um, and fairly solid production throughout, uh, I was way down with this album. And if you like that kind of rap, uh, I would highly recommend that you do it as well. What do you think is your favorite um, favorite quality that Mr. Liff has? Um, 
I mean, honestly, I'm a production first guy, so just the production on this album Got was it. enough to get me going. But he is, I haven't, I haven't geniused through all his lyrics. Um, but when I do pay, try to pay close attention to them, um, you know, he's got good rhymes and good flow. So, uh, uh, he sounds sort of like he, um, just got punched in the nose. I don't know if that's good or bad, but (laughs) that's true. That's uh, a good way to describe it. Um, but yeah, I wasn't even really a Mr. Lift fan. He's been around forever, but, um, uh, when this album came out and I listened to it, uh, I was almost instantly hooked. It's interesting. You're a production first person i would definitely describe myself as a flow first person Mm. Uh, i think that will get me uh no matter the shittiness of the track beneath uh although i certainly like to have both Um, yeah yeah absolutely he seems like a rapper's rapper to me um where you just he's kind of this guy that if you're a good rapper you know who mr liff is um (laughs) and uh he's extremely talented he has this heavy chunky delivery uh it's not an uncommon uncommon style it's where every single word is overpronounced uh mm-hmm. is uh i think it's maybe the most complex way to construct lines of rap just because there has to be a connection almost between every single word um it does kind of break the flow up for me. It's like a little too slow, um, uh, but like I almost like it better when I can't understand, you know, <laughs> half the words. So, you know, they're saying that I'm more like in that zone with them. Um, you know, I only understand it like maybe 10 seconds after they said it, you know, my brain is like <laughs> behind the flow of the music. Um, but I, I really appreciate it. Uh, there's a lot of great guest spots on this album. Uh, Absolutely. there's a track world renowned that has Dell, the funky homo sapien on it. Uh, mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, and you know, there are, there are a couple standout tracks. Um, and I, it's a solid record. Uh, I, you know, probably listened to it you know i after i had listened to it a couple times again for this cast i like went back and listened to it again you know just because nice. i was in the mood so yeah good stuff S- sweet all right joe give us your next choice let's go with weaves all right um which is a band that was on your honorable mention and i i remembered uh that they uh had released one of my favorite albums of the year and had just forgotten to put them on a list um let's listen to uh their most popular song from this album cuckoo
So that is uh, one of Weave's poppier tracks from their self-titled debut. Um, yeah, it sounds a little bit like a spazzed out um, uh, Ezra Koenig's band. What the hell is the name of that band? Vampire Weekend. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I the you know so I saw these guys live accidentally. Um, I went to see this band Sunflower Bean. Uh, which, oh, they opened for Sunflower Bean? That's a great show. It is. I had no idea it was in for such a treat. Um, and there were literally like 50 people there. Um, Fuck. Uh, Sunflower Bean was intense, but Weaves like came on and, you know, no one else there knew who they were at that point. And um, even though it was like three months ago and uh, they just everyone was paying attention by the second song um, the lead singer whose name I do not know and I should um, has an incredible energy um, she reminds me both in you know her style of singing um, of tune yards and mm-hmm. in fact um, has that same uh, kind of I just use the word energy, but she has that same, like, you know, reckless abandon, um, even when she's going after a, a melody. Um, uh, if you look up Weave's lead singer, you get someone called Big Daddy Weave, which is just yes. totally unrelated. I am discovering the same thing. This exactly is exactly the same search. Real problem for Weave's. They need an SEO expert. <laughs> Wait, wait, did you read the first headline? I did not. What is it? <laughs> Big Daddy Weave basis Jason Weaver's feet amputated to prevent spread of dot, dot, dot. Google cuts oh off the end. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good SEO. Um, wow. Uh, okay, so Weave's lead singer uh, is named Jasmine Burke. Um, okay. And she's fantastic. Um, and they're just, to me, they feel punk. I mean, they're, they kind of bring this punk energy to um, what are, you know, indie indie pop songs. Yeah. The sound is indie pop. The energy is punk. Yes. And that's a great combo. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's the extent of my analysis of them. It's a great album. It's a fun <laughs> album. And uh, I think I have a feeling that if they uh, grow just a little bit, uh, their next album is going to be fucking awesome. Could well be. Yeah, yeah, this is a this is a great album. Throughout, uh, you described the sound already. Um, it's very peppy and fun, but also weird. Uh, Joe, do you think civilians would like this music? Civilians? Well, yes. Um... Like if I played it for a random person who just likes, you know, to hit, uh, you know give me an auto Katy Perry playlist on Pandora. Ooh, like, that's <laughs> pretty rando. I mean, like, you know, let's see my, I mean, my wife has good taste in music and she liked it immediately when she heard yeah, it. At yeah, the yeah, yeah. Your wife is, is not a civilian. Yeah. Hmm. Um, probably not. I'm going to yeah. say that it's just a little too, um, manic, manic. It's not, it's more manic than catchy. So I yeah. think not. I think so too. But this is what I, the kind of album I was talking about with our discussion last week that would trick me into thinking I could play it for other people. And then it'd be like, oh. Yes. Fuck. Yes. Um, all Unless right. they were all high. Mm, even then, it's not exactly a high album. No. It's 
pretty in your face. Um, all right. I will exhaust my final hip-hop choice Okay. with Aesop Rock, and I will play you the song Supercell from his album The Impossible Kid. Outstanding. None defied a one-man walled city Stone-made flesh things etched in his hands 88 stands straight then invasive plants And rain dance on safely Brace for the supercell Mutineer footage for your blooper reel Who could tell? Pours hot tar from the top of the barn Necktie on his head Condor on his arm Dog star in a jar Bordering unsustainable Mea culpa, mea culpa Maybe I should pray a cold Systematic Catholic Or sigil in a bathroom and unraveling Either way his ID show a snake and skull Always been a private dude who couldn't keep a tally of which lies he told. Who? Diocer shape, change names in his lazy draw. Soon enough, I will estrange you all like a ghost. That, as I said, was Supercell by Aesop Rock. Um, and uh, Aesop Rock is a dude who. Um, not as long-lived as some people, but has been around for a while. Uh, I think his first album came out in, like, 1999. Mm-hmm. And uh, just um, still surprises me by uh, how good he is. Uh, for some, I don't know why I'm surprised, because I liked his last album, Skeleton, and uh, I think the one before that as well. But when this one came out, I was like, ah, we'll see. And then I listened to it, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's Aesop Rock. Um as always, with uh, the very dense, weird rhymes, um, and uh, as often uh, having some really killer production underneath it that um, I dig a lot. It's not exactly the East Coast boom bap thing, but it's sort of like a modernized mm-hmm. version of that, I would say. And um, uh, I love it. How do you feel about his flow as our resident flow connoisseur, Joe? <laughs> Well, I think Aesop Rock is a specific taste. I For think sure. you either love him or you just can't get on board. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think fortunately for me uh i love him i he, there would never say would never turn down one of his albums or tracks um and he does work really hard on you know his lines i don't want to call them convoluted uh that's the wrong word but i they are complex and they're unabashedly um you know vocabulary forward for sure i did you see that thing like a year or two ago where somebody did a you know linguistic analysis of every rapper's corpus and he was like by far the most uh the largest number of words used of any rapper yes and i think that says it right there i mean if that fact lures you towards him uh you're gonna have a really good time listening uh to this album um did you find this album to be substantially uh, different in any way from his his other work that you like not really um might be a little bit more consistent actually yeah in, in sound and feel 
Um, but uh, that would be the other than that. I don't. I didn't find it drastically different in any way. Got it. Yeah. No. I. I think the. Uh, I had the same feeling. You know. I. I had listened to. I hadn't really listened to his albums before in too much detail, but I remember them not making as that big an effect on me or just liking a few tracks. And yeah, this one, um, I thought it was uh, good from, from start to finish. Yeah. And if you want a really great narrative of uh, uh, a cat's behavior, the track Kirby from this album <laughs> is uh, hilarious. Between, uh, between him and Danny Brown, these rappers yeah. love their cats. <laughs> Um, all right. Um, cool. Uh, what do you have for us next, Joe? Let's see here. Where can we go? Um, you only have one more album selection that we didn't both choose. No, that's not true. I have Joey Perp and Mother. Oh, you, you picked Joey Perp's track. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I forgot about Mother's. Yes. You're right. Yes. Um, let's go. Well, let's go with Mother's. Okay. Which track did you pick? Uh, it's the final track. Let me pull it up here. I just typed Morehurst. Load up the Morehurst. Do, 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 do. The song is called um, Hold Your Own Hand. Yes. So that was a track uh, by Mothers from their album, uh, When You Walk a Long Distance, You Are Tired, uh, which actually came out in March, but uh, I did not discover it uh, until a bit later in the the spring. (laughs) For shame, Joe. I know. Um, Yeah, go on. Uh, So that, actually, that track um, was a... there's this this album, you know, kind of it, it meanders a bit. It walks a long way, if you will. <laughs> um, but uh, what I like about it um, is it's kind of like a more savage and raw uh, Courtney Barnett in places. Uh, it's mm. like indie rock that takes a pilgrimage to alt country, kind of comes back wiser and yet much more angstful 
Um, there's some great uh, imagist uh, mm. lyrics, um, lyrical work, uh, you know, where the, there are these very crisp and clear images um, that are kind of meant to stand alone as you know, talismans of uh, pretty dark times. Um, there's not a lot of happiness on this record, but uh, it's in a way that's very comforting. Um, it's not needlessly dark. Um, it's just it's kind of sad. Uh, and, uh, you know, and there's also some other, you know, I, I think there's some Joanna Newsom inspiration mm-hmm. here um, where there's that the wailing waif. Uh, and um, it's just really, I, it's, it's, if you, if, you have to like the uh, that idea of, you know, that that woman we just listened to, like kind of going to a poetry reading and hearing her read <laughs> really good but really sad poems. Um, and if you do, they have constructed some uh, rather complex, uh, undistorted guitar rock around that. Yeah. Um so this was an excellent choice, Joe. I don't know if I had listened to it. I maybe had, but if it did, if I did, it, um, it slipped I by. Yeah, I didn't manage to notice that it was really good. So um, it happened to be on uh, sale on Amazon for six bucks. So I went ahead and bought it. Nice. After you nominated it, and uh, yeah, I would compare it to like a Marissa Nadler, but not super precious. Okay. Um, like like if Marissa Nadler were as good as I wanted Marissa Nadler to be, it would be a lot like mothers. Um, it's uh it is re- just really good, uh, melodic, often slow and, um, and a uh, dreamy sort of, uh, I don't know. It might've been called psych folk if it had come out like, uh, 10 years ago or something. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Um, but, um, Really excellent choice. Uh, if you if you like that sound you heard there, um, and you can handle things that are uh, a little more chill, which this is really maybe our only chill selection this time. That's true. Uh, um, then uh, that's something you should definitely go for. Excellent album. This was not a chill quarter. No, I we're not chill people, Joe. That's also true. We Netflix and rage. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now that's a t-shirt. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, I would actually wear that. Um, all right. I'm going to play us some uh, a song from uh, Kwaku Collins' album, Nat Love. All right. I'ma be a Johnny to your daddy outside Ordinary people staying going, going crazy, fucking outlier. I'm 
I'ma kiss you like a Chrissy Missy, be my cherry putting out fire. See, I ain't never running from a rumble, only if I got my crime partner. Mine is my word, my bark is my bike, girl, my cool world, my lips, girl, love your curve, love your words. Seeing as I'm leaving now and later, love it longer, longer for you, my dear. Be it, we believe and bleed, we get even with our demons, baby, I swear. Can you see the sunset real good on the west side? As mentioned, that was The Outsiders by Kwaku Collins, uh, who's a dude I had never heard of before. And um, he, I might describe him as sort of a singer-songwriter hip-hop, um, which that track in particular sounded like. They aren't all uh, sort of finger-picked acoustic guitar like that, but there is a lot of acoustic instrumentation and sort of more somber stuff than you might normally hear. Um, as I listened to this album more, it occurred to me, like, I always thought I really couldn't stand the flow of uh, Future and Young Thug, that sort of triplet flow. Right. And this guy does it, and I don't dislike it, and so it made me realize what I really hate is the uh, Atlanta trap production that <laughs> Young Thug and Future are always rapping over that is just sounds kind of chintzy to me um i'm sure they have some songs i would like but i haven't really found them that much yet anyway so this guy uh combines that flow with more of a sort of you know uh more of an indie sensibility really and um there's a lot of sort of uh, like i said sadder beats um more thoughtful but also uh you know he's not just a sort of mopey dude he definitely has a little bit of um of your more typical hip-hop swagger as well and uh it's a nice it's a nice juxtaposition that way um so yeah that's uh that's why i like kwaku collins's nat love uh, it's certainly i think the most unique of the albums on either of our lists uh it's fascinating um you know i i sorry for all the singers singer songwriter hip-hop artists out there but i I just never really heard anything quite like this um Mm -hmm. and you know i feel like we we've said a lot in this particular podcast but for this one it's really true like if what you know what you just heard um was at all interesting to you there's just no way you'd be disappointed um you know giving this album a listen um and uh you know and it's hard to hear you you're delivered so much like within your chosen genres these days that it's hard to find something that's um you know 80 percent new like this is or maybe it's only 51 percent new i don't know but it feels new to me yeah um and uh yeah no it's i the flow doctor approves as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he's he's actually good at both singing and rapping which um is a thing that a lot of people do now and i usually don't think they're so good at usually the singing part yeah Um, drake thinks he's a good singer yeah nobody nobody needs to listen to drake (laughs) sing well autotune has made a lot of people think that they're awesome singers yeah it's just not Uh, true that's a rant for a different time Autotune. Uh, I guess there's a whole album called The Death of Autotune, or at least a song, so there wouldn't be a whole lot of point in killing Autotune at this point. But, um, all right, Joe, uh, what would you like to play next? Um, I think I'm going to go with um, 
Well, let's hit Joey Perp. Yeah. I drops. All right. Yeah. Turn me up in the phones. Okay. Joey Perp more every time I listen to this album. It's so fucking good. I, I almost put this on my list, so um, uh, consider it an honorary choice for me. Indeed. Um, you know, he's good at so many things. Uh, he's got party jams, get near ghetto rap. Uh, he's got mm-hmm. the, the auto-tuned Sweetheart song, uh, Kids. Um, and then he's got kind of uplifting story rap uh kind of like lupe or Mm -hmm. uh drake um even uh and then you know well i said party jams but you know he's got what we call the jam of the summer girls at uh on Uh. this very album um uh and i I, uh well what you talk talk some talk some (laughs) perp (laughs) Uh, I only I only drank perp, um, but um, uh, it's so excellent. Just the whole album, um, like that track right there. I was uh, going crazy in my seat just listening to uh, yeah. a minute of it because uh, the beat is fucking insane. And um, yeah, that it's not even it's not even the craziest beat on the album. Uh, I love. Uh, not only the beats, which uh, come from a variety of people, but work really well. But uh, his flow to step on your territory is uh, really nice. The way he can mm-hmm. just—it's um, like he—he he can really keep one sort of like energetic but um, unhurried cadence going for a really long time uh, in a way that gets to be sort of entrancing after a while, and. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I, I described his flow as though he's kind of he's he's making fun of his girl, and he kind of <laughs> keeps going because he can hear the people laughing in his head. Um, yes, like he's like saying like, "Oh, you got your fancy shoes on," you know, just like over and over. Um, yeah, I obviously have no flow, so I, I can't <laughs> imitate it. But um, and then he, yeah, this, yeah, go ahead. It, I was just gonna say it feels like he's he's always at the end of a rhyme chain, but then he just keeps chaining on top of it over and over and over again. Yes. It's like, 
it's like an awesome Street Fighter player or something he, just going nuts. It's smart and witty too. I mean, I just noticed in in the track we were listening to, he says, uh, "They say we changed," but he says it twice in a row, which is pretty funny. Like, yeah. um, uh, and then the, I pulled this this uh, line out of a different song. Um, which is I ain't take you for a Christian lest we talk about Louboutins fucking with your shoes still on <laughs> seven seven days later and it's on to the next dude <laughs> and it's just like that last one didn't really fit there but um uh it, it's just that's good that's that's great yeah no he's he's wonderful yeah um I will take him over Chance the Rapper from the Young Chicago crew. Personally. Yes, I, I think I, I as well. Um, I think he, um, whereas Chance does one thing really, really well, uh, Joey Perp uh, does several things well. Nice. All right. Um, apart from our song selections, I believe, Joe, we are now down to the three albums we both put on our list. Is that correct? Yes, they are uh, Big Thief. Um, Radiohead and Car Seat Headrest. Uh, yeah. Should we should we put our tracks as just a bonus on our list? Or yeah, let's let's not play them just because this is going to be a long ass podcast. Yeah. Um. um but uh, yeah. yeah, we'll just say our honorable mention. My honorable mention track. Well, there aren't were honorable mentions, but the 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 tracks I picked were Whitney's uh, "No Matter Where We Go" and Wall of Death's "Mother Tongue." Yeah. Which of those two? Um, Whitney is great, sunny, 70s uh, sort of uh, country rock pop stuff. If you if you want the Eagles to be more sophisticated, then Whitney is good for you. Um, and uh, I, do you disagree? No, no. That's just a funny way of saying it. I, I agree completely. Okay. And then Wall of Death, Mother Tongue uh, didn't make a big impression on me. So why don't you describe that one real quick, Joe? I did. I, you know, it's it's got this like satanic chorus quality to it uh, that i i don't know i liked i'd probably i'll probably move it down to honorable mention no you can you can you can have it on your best love list joe i'm not complaining no no i know I, i'm just saying that <laughs> i find myself uninspired to uh defend it as more than something interesting um, i will i will defend the band name wall of death yes me too <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, I wonder if that's a Final Fantasy II reference, where there's like mm, you have to fight this one giant wall that's slowly coming towards you. Oh, I forgot about Final that. Fantasy IV, Maybe. I should say. Um, uh, video. We have a video game music podcast in our future. Indeed. Yeah. Um, tell us about uh, your track. All right. Uh, yeah. So one of them was Joey Perp Girls at, which needs no further discussion right. from us since we gave it a whole podcast, but it is. Um, it is so banging that I can never be banged again. Um, and then <laughs> we have uh, Zinia Rubinos with a song "Mexican Chef" off of her uh, generally excellent excellent album. Uh, was it Black Terry Cat? I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, her album that came out that's Zinia with an X. I also liked her previous album; had a couple really good tracks on it. Um, but so then this one came out, and I hadn't thought about her in a while. And uh, if you like funk and or hip-hop, this is a great combination of uh, sort of funk, hip-hop, and rock, and uh, even a little bit of, um, you know, sort of more 
uh, Hispanic style uh, types of music, um, this would be a track and an album for you. Yeah, if you've got a soft spot for Erica Badu, uh, yeah, you might find something more complex and funky from that. Yeah, too. more more rockish, less R and B ish uh, version of Erica Badu. Yeah, maybe okay. you might say. Yeah, yeah. But no, that definitely that sort of like funky diva thing um so listen right. find us on spotify uh through our website savage beast savage beast absolutely um okay so let's do big thief first of the ones that we both chose all right that good too? yeah um, i forget what song we played from this last time we played the f- opening track oh so yeah let's do paul maybe oh yeah <laughs> very fitting <laughs> Oh, the last time I saw Paul, I was horrible and almost let him in. But I stopped and caught the wall, and my mouth got dry, so all I did was take him for a spin. Yeah, we hopped inside my car, and I drove. I guess I guess you'd be like partner hitting the balls back and forth. I don't. I I, I guess like it just seems like that was a all I can think of is extremely crude interpretations of that uh, line in an otherwise beautiful song. Indeed. Um, and I know crudeness bothers us both, Joe. Oh, it does. Um, it does. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, that that's another song that gives you a pretty good flavor of the album we talked about this band before so uh in another episode and i know you all have listened to them all faithfully so um they're called folk rack but i think i think both of us had trouble identifying why they're called that other than there's sort of a lilty quality to the singer's voice oh yes um yeah i i think with further listens i get a little further from that um yeah that assessment of their work of i don't have a ton new to say about this album i think we made it pretty clear in a previous podcast how good it was um and it remains good it's held up uh and it it still has something about it that reminds me of like slow smashing pumpkins early smashing (laughs) pumpkins tracks um it's the clarity of its angst um (laughs) And to the purity of its guitars. <laughs> Great slogan. Uh, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's just really well written, fairly straight ahead, 
you know, not too, uh, like middle of the road rock and roll, you know, it's not soft rock. It's not hard rock. It's just really great songwriting in the rock mode. Yes. Um, and, uh, if you haven't listened to it for some crazy reason, uh, it's not too late. It's still Absolutely out not. there. Absolutely. Um, okay. So Joe, uh, is your album of the year still to be named by us? Yes, it is. Is your album yeah. of the year still to be named by us? It is. Okay. Um. <laughs> wow, the <laughs> tension here is thick. Yeah. We're walking on eggshells. <laughs> um, all right. Let's. Which album of these two do you want to discuss first, Joe? You pick. Oh, well, uh, I say we, we uh, take off our shirts and dip into a moon-shaped pool. All right. Slide into a moon-shaped pool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is uh, Radiohead's A Moon-Shaped Pool, Um, which is the idea that the pool changes shape every day. Is that that how a pool becomes moon-shaped? I think it's literally a pool that just kind of looks like the moon. Mm, But the shape of the moon is literally a sphere. I mean... I figured it was like pockmarked with craters, mm. like kind of like so the a moon pool. Textured pool. It's like the. Better. I mean, it's literal. I think it's on the cover of the album. I that does. I agree. the The album cover is evocative of the phrase, and yet not literally correct. And uh, you know. Yes. Some <laughs> of the other art that um, Stanley Donwood made for it seems to be to be much more literally like a pool shaped like a flat image of the moon nice um all right um i would suggest present tense as our sample track but you can choose something else if you want let's do it all right So, uh, uh, present tense from a moon-shaped pool from Radiohead. Um, if you are listening to this podcast, you probably have a Radiohead opinion, and it's probably a favorable one. And uh, as we've discussed several times already, we both um, love the shit out of this album. Yes, um, it we probably the most covered album on this podcast. Um, but uh, to say it is not 
one of the best albums of 2016 would be to uh, uh, neglect it. Um, it would be to deny your very nature, Joe. That <laughs> exactly. Um, Paul, do you have something new to say about a moon-shaped pool? I don't, just because we actually did discuss it uh, in some depth already. It's uh, it's just still a gorgeous album. Um, different songs stand out more as you listen to it more. Yeah, uh, Glass Eyes was one that really struck me when I listened to it today. Oh, yeah, so good. Uh, it's yeah, and it's that's like the the typical Radiohead mid-album sort of uh, palate cleanser track. It's it does it's not even like a it it's sort of like a a functional piece of music almost and yet it's still just totally gorgeous and uh um yeah uh i was thinking i was thinking joe last night about why this album despite the excellence of its craft and its songwriting and everything about it is not my best album of 2016 so far and what was your reason I think so Radiohead to me like they are making excellent music but it's it's sort of a like incredibly excellent music and it's daring and innovative and thoughtful but it's sort of a an artistic cul-de-sac like they're not it doesn't seem anyway like they're in conversation with um any sort of ongoing music tradition they're uh they're like astronauts who are on the Voyager spacecraft, they decided that as their last act, they would just fly out into the infinity of space and never come back. And um, that's like what they're doing artistically to me. And uh, that's awesome, but it feels, um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's actually probably a great way to die. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, there's something appealing about my true top album of 2016 sort of feeling a bit more uh vital to the present and the future in a way um it's a very meta reason for making that decision but no actually it's i think that's um a really interesting way of looking at, at radiohead at this point in their career and probably accurate um when you say they're not in conversation, that's true. I mean, they're not interested in what's happening in indie rock or beyond at all. Um, they're yeah. not particularly um, going towards, uh, you know, techno or dance music or, you know, any of the strangely, you know, reggae or the things that they had previously <laughs> at least said they were going to reference or, you know, referenced in little ways. Um, it seems like all of those, that need has been cleansed and yeah. they simply want to make, um, a Radiohead album. Um, and it's funny, I actually feel like I was, I, my new thing to say about them was exactly the same, an explanation of why they were not my album of the year. Um, and I think I might be describing the same thing in a different way. Uh, I thought that this album uh, lacked a bit of subtlety. Um, mm. They know what a song needs. Like they now they know exactly how to solve it the Radiohead way. Um, and they just do it. Um, and a lot of the times that there are these, you know, there's so much production going on here. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that um, 
you know, there's a part in Identikit where it just switches, uh, where he's singing Broken Hearts, Make It Rain over and over, and then suddenly it gets, like, much spacier. And it's just like, yes, this is Radiohead being Radiohead, and it's awesome. But to me, it's like, okay, you know, they don't have a limitless ability to do new things. They just do this one really amazing thing this or actually rather i did say call it one thing is totally unfair but they they just yeah. they have this radiohead toolkit yeah. and <laughs> now they have no patience for us like f- for us you know they just kind of want to do exactly um what they know they can do um with these like with you know a new set of songs yeah it's i see what you're saying it's definitely like a um even though this doesn't sound exactly like any of those previous albums, it's, I think we talked about this before. It feels a lot like a synthesis of some of their other things yeah. where they've just sort of like avoided, they seem to have cast off a lot of the anxiety that you were talking about, about which direction they should go. And they're just like, ah, we have all these things we do and we're just going to try to make the best possible songs we can out of it. Right. They're a little, it's, and it's a little impatient, I think. At times. Maybe. I, yeah, that's not really how I felt about it, but I can see what you're saying. Yeah, it's. Um, I think going forward, you know, it's just going to be like. I mean, who knows how many albums they'll make in the future? But it'll be a matter of whether they had it on that album. Um, you know, whether things just happened to come out that they had great songs and the choices they made were perfect. But it doesn't seem like they're going to. It seems like they have transcended the idea of transcending genre. You know. Yes. They're just doing Radiohead stuff. Agreed. Um, yeah, well, that was that kind of made it sound like we have reservations about this album. I think this album is awesome, so I want to make that. It clear. is. It's it's beautiful. It's just definitely yeah. a Radiohead album. Yeah, um, it's just the point we're making. What a yeah. what an insightful point. This album by Radiohead <laughs> is a uh, Radiohead album. Well, you know, to be fair, there were albums in the past where this album by Radiohead is a Warp album. You know, like it's like when they released Kid A, they were trying not to make a Radiohead album. True. Um, and then they really spent the next like four albums trying to figure out what Radiohead album was, and I feel like they actually did figure it out this time. So yes, I'm, in a sense, that might actually be profound. I feel like if 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 and when there are future Radiohead albums, they will sound like this album. Maybe that's a dumb yeah. prediction, but I, I think they're going to fit very well into this genre of Radiohead. Yeah, unless they just get bored with it and stop making it. True. But this does seem like what they're. It, it, it seems like the oscillations have narrowed on their stylistic, you know, um, uncertainties. Um, all right. So Joe, then I guess we have the same favorite album of the year. Yes, and and, and, and unplanned or at least uncoordinated yeah. unanimous pick for best album of 2016 so far. Yeah. Uh, it'd be hard to dislodge this album too <laughs> yes yes um, the second half of the year is gonna have to present some very good music yeah let's hope it does because that's good news for us yes. i thought i might scandalize you with this pick joe but uh, no way yeah uh this is car seat headrest teens of denial which holy shit um we played drunk drivers killer whales last time we talked about this album uh, I have a, an idea. Do you have an idea of a track you'd like to hear, Joe? Uh, I'd go with uh, uh, Fill in the Blank 
or um, uh, what's the one with hippie in the title? Oh, destroyed by hippie powers. Yes, those are those are two I like. What was yours? Vincent was actually mine. The one in between them. Let's do let's do destroyed by hippie powers. Okay. seat headdress teens of denial uh i think this is the best alternative rock album in years Uh, years uh it's um it's meant for mainstream radio even though even though radio isn't interested anymore um it would clearly be a bit a huge hit in the 90s and yet it's full of totally new ideas of where Mm -hmm. um how you can tell very clear visual stories um in an alternative rock song um and it's also assimilated um some really fun parts of indie rock kind of into its alternative superstructure um i think maybe sort of that you know even though it's this clear chorus heavy alt rock um it it can um has sort of that shape-shifting ability uh that um kind of learned from watching indie rock <laughs> yeah you could hear a shitload of like modest mouse sound in that clip we played yes. like during the quieter parts yes um it's uh i totally agree with you i was trying to think actually like what is the last just straight ahead plain old rock and roll album that i thought was this incredible and Wow. I think I have to go back to like the Lonesome Crowded West. <laughs> like Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um I it yeah, it's tough. Um maybe I'd say that uh the you know, this is just this is gonna be a competition of like what what album came yeah. out now. I think like the glow part two. Yeah, even so that I agree. I mean, that's obviously a rock and roll album that's about guitars. Like, there's something about the just 
the rockiness of this that is more plain rock to me true that makes it a slightly different thing from like phil elvram's extremely weird personal thing yeah that's um, true that's true this is like almost maybe like the rock version of that in yeah. a way um yeah it, right it's like anyway whatever you pick we're looking at a decade or more for either of us right um, um, keep it keep it like a secret is another one that comes to mind yeah which that predates the lonesome crowded west so um, um you have to go way back <laughs> um no i don't it doesn't but okay oh they're about the same 90, lonesome 90, crowded west yeah. was 98 what was keep it like a secret no lonesome crowded west 97 keep it like oh. secrets 99 Okay. Well, <laughs> no, right. okay, keep it like okay. a secret would be an excellent choice. Then in that case, yes. Um, um, this is this is a silly argument, but but it, you you get the point. Yes, know? it's uh, it's amazing. This album is an hour and ten minutes long. All of the songs are great. Um, the it rocks incredibly hard, and it's also like. It's incredibly profound in a lot of cases. Um, yeah. It blows my mind that this guy is 23. Uh, it was probably 22 when he was writing a lot of these songs. It really just, I can't even believe the, I, he's just like really wise beyond his years, as they say. Um, there, he Another Modest Mouse comparison is he has a really great way with uh, turning cliche phrases around on themselves in a way that's funny and dark at the same time. Um, like, uh, a lot of these, you know, don't work as well if you're not hearing them in the music, but like, he's got lines like, if I'm being honest with myself, I haven't been honest with myself. Um, or just a line like, uh, I forget the preceding lines, but it's something about, um, you know, welcome my friend. Um, you know, you seem like a weirdo, but, uh, well, here's our webpage. You finally found a home, which is, <laughs> sort of a dark take on modern internet culture uh that that is what people find comfort in and then on top of that like he has these those clever lines but he also has some really raw honest piercing lines as well like later so you heard like in the little clip we played he says you should not have had that last beer but like then later in that song, he says, a guy I kind of hate is here, mm-hmm. which is just, just such a relatable, you know, yes. you're at a party, you're like, that dude you kind of hate is there. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and then he's like, should not have had that last. And he just starts screaming and says, hit of DMT. And you're <laughs> exactly. like, it's like, you could really see how, like, he's in that moment where, like, he was like, oh, man, I, I'm too fucked up. But, like, he can't, it's too late <laughs> because he is fucked up. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, the song Drugs, I'm not going to say the whole incredibly long title, but Drugs uh, with Friends. Yeah. Um, that whole song, if you just read the lyrics, is a great narration of getting high and being freaked out. And uh, uh, it's just funny, like a whole bunch of these lines are funny in a way that's also meaningful. A lot of personality. Yeah. The one line that gets, that makes me belly laugh every time, except maybe now I'll remember it's coming and it won't get me, but it's, (laughs) I've been waiting all my life. I've been waiting for some real good porn. (laughs) Because he starts with, I've been waiting all my life with like this really heartfelt way. (laughs) Something with the meaning, something fulfilling. 
I'd like to make my shame count for something, which is <laughs> just really funny because it's a thought every man has had and also been like, man, maybe I wouldn't actually watch that. But <laughs> um, there, I have a whole bunch of other lines uh, no- noted down here because it's it's an endlessly quotable album. And that's, of course, really sort of just the cherry on top of the the fucking amazing songwriting yeah um endless ideas for how to make um rock songs work a lot of these songs are super long and never are boring they have you know just new ideas coming at you every time new new uh verses new riffs new choruses and uh uh it's mind-blowing um maybe this is why this is actually, believe it or not, Joe, his 13th album he's released, counting all his independent internet releases. <laughs> so maybe there's something to be said for your idea that bands should just be producing music as fast as they possibly can. Yep. I need to go back and listen to the other 12. I listened to the previous one, Teens of Style, uh, late last year when it came out, and I wasn't really blown away. Like I, I was sort of on the fence about it. I was like, this is pretty good, but not quite enough good enough that I'm going to put it on my to-buy list. And so when they started, you know, this mo- album made news before it came out because of the sample fiasco with the cars. Right. And uh, I remember being like, is that that guy? And it's like, yeah. And I was like, huh, okay. And then, so I was just sort of like, oh, interesting that he's got another album coming out. And then I listened to it and I was being like, just holy shit. Um, well, you know, there's something to it that I think, um, something about where you know maybe he had all he has all this talent but it took him like he had to actually get serious and be like i'm gonna put it all down on yeah on record this is also his first like professionally produced album right um it's his second major label or indie label album um with matador but yeah. the f- first one where he eschewed lo-fi which i think you're a bigger lo-fi fan than i am so maybe you'll like his other stuff more well he's kind of like pa- pavement in that in many regards i mean i think he's like yeah and actually like emotionally open Stephen Malkmus, which is just like a dream come true. Like yes. someone like that talented, uh, but that's an excellent comparison. W- yeah. Actually. will actually say what he's thinking. Um, yeah. Instead of being like, I ate a golden apple, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's like, a dude no. I hate is here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say that the theme of the album is like, he, uh, you know, like so many white rock guys, he's uh, addressing the issues of suburban ennui. Right. But um, uh, we've talked a little bit about the various ways this can be done. And the way he does it is just like, he he, he finds the, the horrible tragedy in it and the even the rage, but with a lot of good humor that um, is just charming. Uh I just, I just love this album. It's so good. It's incredible. It's hard. It's hard. It's really is, um, just, uh, it's alternative rock. I mean, there's, there are a bunch of, there've been a lot of indie bands over the past decade or so who have claimed to understand how alternative rock worked. Um, Mm -hmm. like I think of like something like symbols, e guitars, where they really mm-hmm. got like halfway there of where this album gets where like yes they've got this like loud quiet loud thing going um mm-hmm. but um there were a lot of those like halfway attempts and this album just has something that i feel like when you look at the best albums of the 2000s like the best rock albums some of them are just 
missing no matter how good they are um yes. you know when you talk about albums i like by like spoon or you know animal collective or even the white stripes like they're or is this it yeah you know like you were saying they they're missing that angst and here <laughs> it is again at last i think it's also just like the the ambition applied to the genre of guitar rock and roll you know yeah. like uh there are a lot of people who will write a great verse chorus verse guitar rock song but will toledo will write a verse chorus bridge uh different verse different chorus uh back to the same to the previous thing rock song and it's just it's just everything is perfect every time it's dazzling how good he is at this um i have hope that since he's 23 he's got some just unbelievable opus in front of him that will blow our minds that that would be great yeah Uh, it's interesting to think of this album in comparison to like the frankie cosmos album that was on our first list uh just yeah to see like kind of the, the movement towards this kind of um open i don't know complex ah. open alternative or i guess i should say at least rock she's not you know she doesn't do any of the alternative stylings um mm. of car seat headrest but um, I feel like there's a style of songwriting that's coming back into vogue that hasn't been around for a while. Yeah. You know, one band I guess I could think of that approaches this level of quality with guitar rock is um, Cloud Nothings. But I yeah. think I think he's slightly bested here with uh, with this album. Yes, which is... and completely bested, bested in terms of, like, lyrics and... Well, that, that may be true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, here, take that as a challenge, Cloud Nothings. Right. Release, release an even better album than you already have. Right. Um, anyway, um, do you have anything else to say? Uh, everybody should listen to this album. It's so good. Yes, um, it is. It is. Um, you know, watch the throne, car seat headrest. But it's it's currently yours. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, Joe. This was a good quarter in that we got several really excellent albums and one that I think would be uh, best of the year for a number of years going into the past. So um, we should be happy and hopefully the third quarter can, can outdo that. I am. I'm delighted. It was, it it was, uh, um, I I came into this cast thinking maybe it was a bit of a sparse quarter. And then at the end, I, that realized, no, there's, yeah, there's plenty. I felt that way too, and then just realizing how much I loved this car seat headrest album, it's like, well, I really can't. Yeah, and there's a new Radiohead album. (laughs) Yeah, 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 a really excellent Radiohead album. So so. lucky. All right, exactly. Uh, Everybody, please uh, follow us at Savage Beast Pod. Uh, Check us out at savagebeastpod.com and email us at savagebeastpod at gmail.com. As always, um, you know. Uh, threaten to withhold your children's allowance unless they uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us glowing reviews because that is how people will find out that car seat headrest is good so um, we really appreciate your help and uh, we look forward to uh, talking at you again Um, All right, good night Joe this is a really long one yes oh my god almost made it to two hours almost and good night